I'd like to thank Health Story Collaborative for working with me to bring you Soul Chronicles for the Chronically Ill. This monthly audio series offers a soulful perspective on how we might navigate the unique challenges of living with ongoing health conditions. My name is Shaler McClure-Wright, and I'm a writer-artist living with chronic inflammatory response syndrome. In Soul Chronicle 1, Shifting the Body from Enemy to Ally, I spoke of how we might learn to see illness as an opportunity and symptoms as clues pointing to something in our psyche that needs attention. Illness in the body offers us the chance to simultaneously ask ourselves, what in our soul might need healing too? Where is the sorrow, regret, or soul wound that might be bonded with this physical pain? And then we might notice that when we pay attention to our soul pain, our physical pain benefits. This widening of the lens or reframing of our health circumstances can be a powerful tool. And the more we practice listening to our body's wisdom, the more we can appreciate our body's deep connection with soul. But nothing in life is static. And over time, we're bound to face unpleasant circumstances that work to break this connection. Just last month, my soulful perspective was challenged. After the holidays, like thousands of others, I got a breakthrough infection of Omicron. I imagine many of you have had Omicron too, and if not, maybe you're faced with the fear of it as an unknown. So I'd like to share my experience. For the record, I was lucky. For me, it was mostly like a bad case of the flu. But instead of giving you a list of my symptoms and discomforts, I'd like to read you one of my favorite poems one that I return to when I feel ill. This time, I'll use it as a way to talk about elements of my COVID experience. Here is Illness, A Conversation by Joyce Sidman from her children's book, What the Heart Knows. Sidman is having a conversation with her body while ill. I asked my feet why they could not walk, and they said, We are treading water. I asked my legs why they buckled and fell, and they said, we are growing roots. I asked my fingers why had they loosened their grip on the world, and they said, it is too hard to hold. We're gathering clouds instead. Why? I asked my eyes, which kept crying and crying, and they said, We're waiting for the very last tear. Speak, I told my lips, but my voice was not my own. So I asked my heart, who am I now? And my heart said, the you underneath the you. And I asked my soul, who will I be? And my soul answered, the one whose heart is open, the one whose eyes are clear, the one whose hands are full of the sky. During Omicron, the first hint I had that something was wrong was feeling an overwhelming urge to lie down in the middle of the day. I just wanted to get off my feet because my legs were aching. Perhaps Sidman has felt a similar ache. I asked my feet why they could not walk and they said, we are treading water. When our bodies are fighting an infection, we need to give them all the energy we can muster. 
And if at some point our bodies resist movement, it's because beneath the surface, our bodies are working hard to keep us afloat. While fighting Omicron, it helped me to imagine having webbed-like feet, paddling to hold me steady over the surface of a deep pool of discomfort. I knew the pain was there, and every so often, I might drift into a cold spot that chilled me to the bone, but my treading feet kept me away from the coldest parts. I asked my legs why they buckled and fell, and they said, we are growing roots. Fatigue and lack of strength are also part of the Omicron experience, and each time I tried to get up and get things done, my shaky legs made it clear I was going nowhere. So instead of persisting, I used that time to imagine deepening my roots in the world, and that image gave me permission to surrender to stillness. I asked my fingers why they had loosened their grip on the world, and they said, It is too hard to hold. We are gathering clouds instead. Sometimes we need a break from the pressures of daily life, and one of the opportunities of illness, if you will, is time. When we're stuck in bed, we can use that time to redirect our attention and visualize the world as we would like to see it. Or perhaps, more to the point, as we would like to feel it. For me, the image of gathering clouds feels very much like gathering hopes and dreams. Much better than worrying. And just as it's not possible to catch a cloud with a clenched fist, it's also not possible to dream a dream until we loosen our hold on the fear that keeps us from falling asleep. I asked my heart, who am I now? And my heart said, the you underneath the you. When I was sick with Omicron, I had a week-long headache that made it hard to think straight. I couldn't read or write and barely had the energy to watch TV. My brain was not in charge. So for me, the you underneath the you is my heart self rather than my head self. And in times of illness, our heart self cuts through the tangled web of our thinking mind to clear the way for inner strength to rise. I asked my soul, who will I be? And my soul answered, the one whose heart is open, the one whose eyes are clear, the one whose hands are full of the sky. When we feel ill, we can't help wonder how the experience might change us. Who am I now? How long will it take to get back my energy? What if I'm left weaker? And if any of those things turn out to be true, the next step would be to put them in perspective, holding them shoulder to shoulder with the aspects of ourselves that illness makes stronger, our compassion, awareness, appreciation of beauty. And from that vantage point, though still significant, the potential remnants of illness are less looming. One thing that Sidman does not address is the loneliness that often accompanies illness. When I had Omicron, I needed to isolate from my family, and it was the sense of isolation that was hardest for me. Feeling alone while in pain can make the pain feel more intense. Feeling alone while in pain opens the door to worry. And when worry makes her entrance, 
we're likely to hear a round of unwelcome but familiar ruminations circling round our mind. What if there's... Is, is that from... Oh, will it also? You know the drill. When anticipatory anxiety powers our mental list of things to worry about, it's exhausting, circular, and endless, like a hamster on a wheel. And if not reckoned with, our anticipatory anxiety can grow even stronger into generalized health anxiety, where we fear the worst for our bodies without clear reason. That said, for those of us with chronic illness, the possibility of developing long COVID is a very real concern. Could Omicron, even though it's thought to be relatively mild, be capable of leaving us with long COVID as other strains have? After Omicron, I worried that every lingering discomfort might be caused by some residual virus taking up permanent residence in my body. I imagined it as a stealth invader hiding in wait. And that weakened my resolve to heal. Not a trade-off anyone with chronic illness should be willing to make. Even if Omicron doesn't cause much harm on its own, could it still serve as a catalyst or triggering event for the return of older, more familiar symptoms? With Omicron, our anticipatory fear can be more intense because the virus is shrouded in mystery, because it is new, because people with ongoing health conditions, having supposedly recovered from COVID, may only now be realizing if the virus is still affecting them. And here's the part we don't like to hear when speaking of anticipatory fear. Anticipatory fear is dangerous because sometimes fear itself can manifest the pain. There, I said it. The fear of long COVID can plant us firmly on the unwelcome doorstep of somatic illness, a threshold we prefer not to cross. I remind myself that I have many tools to cope with illness. If the Omicron variant were to persist or trigger other symptoms, well, I know how to handle it, step by step and breath by breath. And when I feel my anxiety ratcheting up, I use the power of soul to calm my fear. Joyce Sidman's poem, Illness, A Conversation, speaks to my soul. Do you have a poem, painting, sculpture, place, or song that speaks to your soul? If we can remain open, fear can be an invitation to dialogue with soul. Swiss psychologist Carl Jung tells us, soul and body are not two things, they are one. When we partner with soul, our bodies have a better chance of staying in the moment and handling one discomfort at a time. It might be a struggle, but it's a fight worth fighting. Fear is corrosive to our health. Soul is restorative. Be kind to yourself and choose soul.